0: That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com.
1: Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's the High Gain Podcast. It is the High Gain Podcast, Ed. We're back. Back and loving it. Better than ever. Yeah. Where are we recording from, John?
0: We are recording from a basement in beautiful West Seattle, Washington.
1: What would you say the weather's like outside?
0: I would say the heat dome has lifted. Yeah. And we are back to the very consistent mid to upper 70s that we like to see. It's beautiful.
1: It's pretty nice. A lot of times, even though it's three blocks away, I drive up here. It's either too hot or it's rainy or it's just, you know.
0: I hear you. Mid-70s, a lovely little walk up the hill. Love it. When they get the cable car going. Sure. Between Ed's house and John's house. Sure. That's going to be sweet.
1: There's definitely those dudes who hang out up in the junction. They want a, what's that called? Tram. It's the air tram.
0: From where? Downtown?
1: West Seattle to downtown.
0: That doesn't really sound like a good idea. It sounds awesome. Would that be cool and save time? 10-4. Yeah. But logistically, hmm. You don't like it? I think I love it. We get a lot of windstorms in West Seattle. Fair. And then you get to the part where you're out over open water.
1: Logistically, you are for it. It's just the terror aspect that yeah. bums you out. Yeah. The potential yeah. for death. <sighs> yeah. What are we talk about here at the High Gain Podcast, John? Oh,
0: uh, besides that? Yeah. All kinds of things.
1: We never really deep dive on picks. We can. I'm just saying. When I come over here, there's always picks laying around, and I always grab these Jim Dunlop nylon yellows. Yes. That's the laying around John's place pick.
0: 0.80 millimeters. Yeah. Over the years, I have gravitated to that pick. Yeah. I wish I could say there was a reason for it, Mm-hmm. but nope.
1: I play the uh, Ernie Ball, the green ones, sometimes blue. I like those. Yeah. How much do you like it when people call them plectrums? Not too much. Yeah, me either. Beverages.
0: Beverages, It.
1: R.I.P. Karen Carpenter. Yeah. Man. I don't know how young she was, but it was way too young. 33. Ugh. 1950 to
0: 1983. That song, of course, close to you. Yeah. 1970.
1: You know, a lot of times we sit here and you play these covers and we're back in the same room and everything. Yeah. That was as close to John serenading Ed as we've probably ever had. You know, I was kind of watching you play, and then you kind of like looked into my eyes yep, as you were yep. singing.
0: I watched Ed just kind of melt a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. You know, we've had that jokey sort of like ABBA. Who cares about ABBA? I don't really think that. ABBA's great. Yes, The Carpenters are legitimately so good. It's crazy. Her
0: voice was perfect.
1: Amazing. Yeah. You get a lot of very dismissive attitudes about modern songwriting and pop music, you know. And I tend to think whoever is dismissive of modern music is just some guy stuck in the past. Counterpoint to that would be, that is some amazing songwriting. Ed? Ed? Yeah. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, apparently I have brown juice. John wouldn't drink any of it because he said it's brown. I think it's green, but I'm also colorblind.
0: Okay, you know what? I'm feeling charitable. Yeah. Let's say brownish green.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the wrong color of green.
0: You know, on the scale? Yeah. Four-leaf clovers to, like, aquatic fecal matter? <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: clearly the latter. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Turtle bowl.
1: Yep, it's settled into its component layers. Uh-huh.
0: Strata have formed. I'm
1: going heavier on the ginger and jalapeno these days, so it's knocking out my free radicals. I am reverse aging at this point. My juice game is so strong that I am like Benjamin Buttoning. Oh. Uh. Right? <laughs> Kale, jalapeno, ginger, three grapefruits, and three apples. Carrots.
0: And how does it taste?
1: Oh, terrible.
0: <laughs> Why don't you just go left field on it? Cauliflower, mushrooms, acorns, dandelions. Flower-based. <laughs> Great. Crab grass. Yeah. Whatever's around the neighborhood. Don't take the mushrooms out of some random backyard. I don't want you poisoning yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have the requisite backup coffee?
1: Backup coffee is almost gone, but it's in a Game of Thrones cup. Feeling great. How about you? What do you got?
0: I, too, have the backup coffee. Uh Uh-huh. And I have a beverage that Monica was kind enough to procure for me. This Uh is a shaka tea. Yeah. Hawaii. And it has a little, uh, you know, the rock hand only with the thumb out. Thumb and pinky. Thumb and pinky. That must mean something. Yeah. Probably sexual. Yeah. Pineapple mint.
1: Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We could just label this as cultural appropriation tea.
0: Oh, look at that. Oh, made in Hawaii? Distributed by Chaka Beverages, Hilo, Hawaii.
1: Oh, my God. I apologize. I take it back. I think everyone should buy Chaka tea.
0: It tastes unusually natural. Mm. 100% plant-based. That's great. Yeah.
1: What kind of guitar is that?
0: This Ed is a Bigsby.
1: Again, man, three years in and still banging out first timers.
0: Yeah, this is an actual Bigsby guitar. Yeah. That does not have a Bigsby vibrato on it.
1: I think when you say this is an actual Bigsby guitar, you probably put some like weird air quotes around that, right?
0: Well, the headstock says Bigsby on it. For sure. It was not produced by Paul Bigsby himself. R.I.P. Paul. All right, Paul. This is going to be a pretty good story. It's going to be in spots, Ed. You should know. Going mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Daredevil-y. Oh, I'm into that. Could be a little dangerous. Great. Could be in spots even deadly.
1: Oh, no. We're into too dong territory. I mean nefarious deadly.
0: Oh. There could be some foul play. Oh, no. Hang on tight.
1: I'm in this for the long haul, John. You know me. My Sundays are devoted to John serenading me Yes. And hearing stories of foul play. Ooh, John. What? The hottest thing in podcasts for the last two years or more
0: is like... Preparation?
1: No, murder podcasts. Oh, well... Is this uh, episode one of our new murder podcast?
0: Could be. (laughs) Do you want it to be? (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is a Bigsby guitar. It is a single cutaway with two single coils in it. Paul Bigsby's own design.
1: We had that discussion not long ago about P90s, and there's clearly a difference between a P90 and a Jazzmaster pickup. Yes. My guess would be this is another flavor along that line. Wider wound, not deep, but a shallow wine. Yes.
0: Love it. So let's pick this up in the 1940s. Okay. There's this guy named Paul Bigsby. Yep. He's in Downey, California. And he's actually a machinist and a pattern maker at a motorcycle company, Crocker Motorcycles. Very famous, right? Apparently they were incredibly well built and to this day very rare, making them one of the most expensive vintage motorcycles you can buy if you can find one.
1: Crocker is like the boutique motorcycle builder from that era.
0: Yeah, apparently. Right. Our man Paul Bigsby was working there machining stuff. Yeah. And engineering. He was a foreman at the factory. Okay. And he even raced motorcycles. Sure. During his day-to-day, he would come into contact with lots of other motorcycle aficionados. Mm-hmm. People getting stuff repaired or people watching him race or whatever it might be. Yeah. One of those people who he ended up becoming good, good friends with was Merle Travis. Oh. <laughs> Travis picking.
1: It's kind of difficult. It's the first open picking pattern I ever learned. And so I feel like whenever I go to play patterns with my right hand, I fall into Travis-style picking. Merle Travis, inventor of Travis picking.
0: Also motorcycle aficionado. Oh, That's how he and Paul met. Yeah. After a while, they get to talking. Merle Travis... When he's not Travis picking, okay, he likes to draw and come up with ideas. Got it. He's hanging out with Paul Bigsby and says, yep. I got an idea for a guitar. And oh. this is like mid-40s. Okay. Here's the idea. And he draws out essentially what I'm holding here in my hand. A flared headstock, tuning machines all on one side, a single cutaway, hardtail bridge, and says, can you make me something like this? Solid body. Solid body. Bigsby says, yeah, I can make that. Sure. By the time he delivers this guitar to Merle Travis in 1947, all of it prefigures everything Leo Fender did.
1: That is so crazy. You look at this. Yeah. Okay, well, there's the Strat headstock. There is the Les Paul body shape. Mm -hmm. We talk about Gibson suing people, and Fender's not super guilty of that, I don't think. But, like, you've got very little ground to stand on when you see this guitar. Gibson and Fender suing people, that is not a thing that should happen in any world.
0: Anecdotally, Mr. Bigsby wasn't real happy about this. (laughs) 1950, here comes the Telecaster. Uh, Oh, look, the tuners are all on one side. Oh, look, the strings go through the body. Oh, look, there's a single cutaway. Oh, look, it's a solid body plank. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Man. If he wasn't pissed off already, in 1954, the Stratocaster comes out, and the headstock looks even more like the Bigsby.
1: I think any reasonable person seeing that headstock would say, oh yeah, this dude copied Leo's shape.
0: He did not.
1: No, exactly. Knowing what the Telecaster headstock looks like, and then the Strat comes out, that just feels like a massive fuck you to Bigsby. The Strat headstock is a copy of this.
0: Past the kind of nicking of the design elements, I don't know how much Bigsby was involved in caring. His whole deal, after working with Merle, was to set up a guitar shop and make them, one at a time, 100% handmade by himself. Yeah, He would machine the metal parts.
1: That's what he did at Crocker, right? He was machinist guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So if Leo was going to go lower price point, production model, bang these things out, maybe that part of it Paul wasn't interested in.
1: What is Leo Fender up to these days? Leo? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Merle Travis?
0: Ah, oh, Merle Travis. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Ed.
1: For
0: Eventually, our man Paul ends up with a two-year waiting list. But in the meantime, he is being asked to innovate in other places. Earl James Murphy. Okay. Nicknamed Joaquin.
1: Ooh. Oh, RIP.
0: Yeah. Joaquin Murphy hailed from the San Joaquin Valley. Slide player. Lap style. Lap steel. Lap steel style. Okay. Great. He was the slide player for Spade Cooley. Okay. 1910 to 1969, Spade Cooley.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's a different time.
0: It must have been a different enough time. Yeah. Uh, Spade, technically, he was imprisoned. Okay. But he was out playing a benefit concert when he had a massive heart attack. Oh, no. He was known as the king of Western swing. Oh. Until he got himself jailed. Uh huh. He murdered his wife.
1: And then he's out playing gigs. You can't let a little thing like spousal murder stop you from having a good
0: old time. Even if it had stopped him? Yeah. He would have gotten out anyway. Oh. Then Governor of California, Mr. Ronald Reagan, was going to pardon him. I'm
1: playing a game on the Xbox. Yeah. Call of Duty Cold War. You know, it's Cold War era. They pull a lot of Reagan footage into the game. So Reagan is actually the character you sort of interact with. And I'm just fucking triggered by it. Just playing the game gives me an upset stomach every time that dude is on screen. I'm
0: not into it. <sighs> Let's go back. <laughs> okay, well then, in 1948, not to be outdone. Sure. Fellow slide player Speedy West. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, these names, right? These guys. I want an old-timey <laughs> Western swing name. Yeah. Juicy Boy Ed.
1: Yeah. Shorty Kilteca. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Speedy West is like, yeah, I saw that lap steel you made for Joaquin. Yeah. How about you make me a pedal steel? How about you put three necks on it?
1: Oh, sure. Why not? Paul Bigsby. Yeah. How about I do that? So I just went to Reverb and I did a search for Bigsby stuff.
0: Original Bigsby stuff is extremely limited if you can find it. And we're talking typically tens of thousands of dollars. Is that
1: right, Ed? Whoa, look at this. This was not even in there when I was looking earlier. Bigsby D8 Double Neck, owned and played by Joaquin Murphy. It's a double neck for 60 grand. Wow, that's cool. So you said he had a two-year waiting list. How many did he make?
0: Our man Bigsby? Yeah. Very talented. Yes. Did not care for paperwork, records, or bookkeeping. Yeah. Literally, dude didn't keep records. You want a guitar? Yeah, I'll make you one. Here's your guitar. Okay, bye.
1: To a modern person, that sounds crazy. I don't know. How crazy is that?
0: There is a certain amount known to exist, but how many did he make total? Yeah. Nobody really knows.
1: Okay. Tens to hundreds?
0: I don't even know if he made a hundred.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Along the way, Merle had been having problems with his tremolo arm. Kaufman arms they were called that was the brand he said to Paul can you fix this and Bigsby being Bigsby was like well I'll just design a whole new one
1: the trem arm you're talking about was on jazz box type guitars that Merle had yeah okay not for the solid body that he had made
0: right let's just say this development of the Bigsby vibrato arm right happened in the same time frame he was making guitars Eventually, demand for the Bigsby vibrato arms swamped any time he could put into guitars, and he stopped making guitars altogether to concentrate Uh just on the vibratos. It's just ubiquitous anymore. They're everywhere. Now we're many years into this. We're like Mm mid-60s. Poor health is getting to our man Bigsby. Okay. So he thinks, I got to get out of this.
1: You know, maybe he sees Leo. Leo gets himself a little bit of a cold Oh And decides Fuck it, I'm selling Fender And I'm gonna go kick it
0: Yeah In 65, he goes looking for the exits Yeah Trying to figure out who wants to buy Bigsby Yeah He goes to Ted McCarty Oh A then-retired Ted McCarty Former president of Gibson Yep Ted said, sure, I'll buy Bigsby from you He bought it straight up All of it Mm Mm-hmm Ted McCarty
1: Oh, my God Reagan Reagan Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've said a name and not played the dong. I think every single character mentioned thus far. R.I.P.
0: So our man sells to Ted in 65, dies in 68, cancer. Meanwhile, Gretsch. Gretsch guitars? Sure. Also used a lot of Bigsby vibrato arms. For sure. Sure. Gretsch in '67 had been sold to Baldwin. Remember that whole thing? I do. At the time when Fred Gretsch Jr. <laughs> <laughs> retired and sold to Baldwin. Yeah. His nephew, Fred W. Gretsch, mm-hmm. vows in 1967, I am gonna buy this company back someday. Oh, uh, sure. Hey, Uncle Fred, you shouldn't have sold the company to Baldwin. I, Fred W. Gretsch, hereby vow to buy the company back. Great. From 1967 all the way up to 1989, he did it. 22 years later, everybody thinks Fred W. Gretsch has forgotten.
1: He's like an elephant, this guy. He
0: doesn't forget. He and his wife, Dinah.
1: Again, a name of the era, yeah. of the period. Man.
0: Cocktail parties.
1: Oh my God, Fred and Dinah. Like every once in a while, those names, they come back around. You know, a name gets popular again, generationally, like yeah. a few years later. Yeah. When's Dinah coming back? That's what we need, a resurgence in Dinah's. Oh, man. Like a little baby, a little like toddler running around. Come here, Dinah. And she, she's just like with a big bouffant hairdo and smoking. A <laughs> <The> little baby.
0: <laughs> you know Flip what I Flip flops saying? and a moo exactly. out by the pool. Exactly. Yeah. Popping
1: Valium. Yeah. <laughs> like every Dinah was addicted to Valium at
0: one point. Or I think another. so. Oh my God. So Fred and Dinah buy the company back. Love it. And they're trying to figure out okay, where do we start? Yeah. 1989. What's going on, Ed? What was
1: going on in 89?
0: George Harrison.
1: <laughs> that's what I was supposed to pull? Yeah. I was supposed to pull George Harrison died?
0: <laughs> no, he didn't die in 89. Okay. He was achieving fame and stardom with the Traveling Wilburys.
1: Oh, that's what I was supposed to get.
0: Yeah. Rory Orbison was also in that band. Sure. Tom Petty? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jeff Lynn is still around. Yes. Fred and Dinah are still out there just tearing it up.
0: Yeah. The first guitar... Fred and Dinah make when they wrest control of Gretsch back from the Warlocks over there at Baldwin Music. Yeah. They make a Traveling Woolberries model. Okay. Have you seen them? I don't know. Uh, they're horrible. Okay. Meanwhile, they're trying to figure out how we're going to make these guitars. Mm-hmm. We're going to need a factory. We're going to need materials. They end up using a company called Torada in Japan. Huh. Okay. And that's who does a lot of the Gretsch stuff to this day. Okay. Ten years later, Ed, Mm -hmm. in 1999, Mm -hmm. Fred and Dinah buy Bigsby from Ted. Ted is now retiring. Sure. And he's decided, yeah, I'm done. I want to sell Bigsby. Yeah. I'll sell it to uh, my buddy Gretch. Got it. So now Gretch owns Bigsby. What do they do? Let's make some of Paul Bigsby's designs. Let's get into his designs, these guitars he made, and we'll reissue them.
1: I guess the obvious thing that you would do, which is not what Fred and Dinah are about, they are not about the obvious. Doing the safe thing, that's not their jam. Fred and Dinah? No. No. They're out there popping their volume, and yeah. they are for sure thinking outside the box. They've got their little gin martini. Yep. Anyone out there would think, like, the Trems, right? That's where the money is. Yeah. Fred and Dinah? No. No. No, let's go to those solid body guitars where there's like six of them ever made. Yeah. And let's bring that
0: back. First thing you have to do is go to the Tirada boys there in Japan. Sure. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need you to make hyper-realistic, accurate, high-quality prototypes for us to dig on.
1: Bigsby only made a handful of these things, right? Yes. Of the electrics. Yes. He kept no documentation.
0: Yeah. How do you even find the reference model? You're probably tracking down people who own them.
1: Right, exactly. Hey,
0: can our guys in Japan borrow this?
1: Yeah. You know, like Fred, if he was that passionate for that long, I could see him and Dinah just like owning one or two, maybe? Yes. I'm just thinking they're like mad scientists. They're evil geniuses. I love them. Yeah. And I still can't get the picture of a little toddler in the like silk moo moo cop in a smoke. With
0: one of those little tiny fancy dogs.
1: Oh, man. Laying out by the pool in her muumuu. Of course. Of course. But like four. Yeah. I love
0: it. Exactly. I love it. So, yes, they go to Japan and they make prototypes for what will be a production run of some of Paul Bigsby's greatest hits.
1: Greatest hits. Air quotes there. Since he made them one at a time.
0: Yeah. Nobody quite knows how many of these prototypes there were. (laughs) Like from Gretsch? From Gretsch, right. It never went into production. I don't know why. I don't know if they decided just not to do it or what. Just on reverb alone, I think I saw five or six. Yeah. They're out there. But one thing that might have had something to do with it, in 2002, Fred and Dinah? Yeah. They sell to Fender.
1: Right around the
0: time they're making these things. Yeah. Bigsby and Gretch. The whole thing. But Fred and Dinah? Yeah. These cats are smart. Under the agreement in 2002, Fender will handle development, production, marketing, and distribution. Okay. While Fred and Dinah still own and control the brand. Cool. Walking, walking, walking. Walking the guitar.
1: It's got a heart, a club, a diamond, and a spade.
0: The playing card inlays.
1: Okay. It has a
0: bird's eye walnut headstock Headstock, face. The top is carved bird's-eye maple. Yep. uh, And the rest of the body is also maple, chambered.
1: Yep. It says Bigsby on the headstock. It never went into production, but it's not a 50s guitar. This is a...
0: Gretsch. Here's the neck. Yep. I'll go down to the bridge and get as bridgy as I can. Great. Then back to the middle. Takes the dirt kind of nice.
1: A nice little touch is that the truss rod cover actually matches the headstock.
0: Yeah. These pickups are nice.
1: So they are straight up off the Bigsby design,
0: right? Yes. Let's play a little more here.
1: If you're playing phaser, put the Sputnik
0: on. That's kind of nice.
1: You can really hear that maple, that bird's eye. The quilted top is really shining.
0: It's very resonant, yes. I think it's really nice, the chambered aspect of this. It's light. It's very light. Yeah. And that is the unlikely story of how a Bigsby guitar comes to exist in the late 20th century. That's amazing. Oh, no. Early 21st.
1: Where'd you get this from, John?
0: We got this from our good friends over there at ThunderRoadGuitars.com.
1: That's killer. How about on the John Kilteca Buy or Deny?
0: I think I said this to you before we started rolling. Yeah. On principle, I would buy this. Yeah. The sound is beautiful. But of all Bigsby's designs, I think I am more a fan of the double cutaway Mm -hmm. and then the double black pickguard.
1: Yeah, the fancier. It's a fancy plain guitar.
0: But yeah, generally a buy. Not into it. Not your thing.
1: I think it's super interesting that Fender stole that headstock design. Allegedly. Man, I guess allegedly. You show the average person that and a Stratocaster. Yeah. And you remove the name. There is no denying the similarities. Yeah,
0: they are going to think that the Bigsby is a ripoff of the Strat. And that's a shame because it isn't.
1: Right. And then the body is just kind of less poly. It's more or less poly than telly.
0: Isn't that funny, too? The single cutaway Les Paul yep. didn't exist at the time Pigsby made this.
1: There is a world in which a play and two movies about the elephant man came out in the same year, and no one working on any of those projects knew about the other one.
0: It was gonna happen.
1: Yeah. There is a chance Leo Fender just had no idea that shape was done,
0: except he did. <laughs> Yeah. They knew each other. They did talk.
1: Man, that's <laughs> brutal.
0: Yeah. Oof. Update. Oh. Our collaboration pedal. Yeah. With Recovery Effects and Thunder Road Guitars. Huge success. A huge success. They sold yep. out. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Yes. If you bought one and you're listening to this, hopefully you have it by now. Yep. If not, it'll be there soon. Don't yep. worry. I hope to do more of those. That was really fun.
1: We did the John and Ed thing of like. Hey, it's our three-year anniversary. We should think about doing something for our three-year anniversary. Like the week before. Yeah. Pre-planning not our strong suit. No. That's all right. Three years, give or take. Shout out.
0: Recovery effects.
1: Shout out Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars PDX. PDX.
0: Big ups. And then after you're upping that big leap. Yeah. Go to thehighgain.com. Oh yeah. See pictures of stuff and read all about it. Yeah. And if you don't like reading, just go to Instagram, then and look at the pictures. Sure. We're there at the hiking. Sure.
1: And leave a review on iTunes.
0: You guys are all great and wonderful. We
1: love you all, even if you don't leave a review. That's right. Bye.
0: Okay, bye, Ed.